Oh, it's recording this time. Yay. All right. Thanksgiving miracle. <laughs> Fragile miracle. <laughs> Microwave. our post thanksgiving recording you will be seeing this seeing this hearing this at a later date but yeah we're both full of leftovers i assume mm, full of gravy mm, gravy although i'll tell you gluten-free gravy mm. is um thick with two c's because <laughs> it's made with rice flour so it's just real thick it doesn't really pour so much as gloop but it's delicious. Well, there you go. There you go. Like, no shade to Kristen's really delicious mushroom GF gravy. Oh, she just she was accommodating me, the vegetarian, and our friend Becca, the person with celiac. So you know, it it I this is no shade to it. It's just texturally, the first taste is with the eyes, and as it gloops, you're just sort of like that is <laughs> thick. With, that's it's thick with two C's. It is not, I would say, fully a liquid. I mean, it just depends on how important the viscosity of your gravy is to you. I don't know. And well, well, and then once it's on the stuffing and things like that, it, like, you know, it soaks in. Like, does everything gravy's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Gravy. And I actually, you know, so it actually is, like, kind of easier because then it's not dripping from the boat because it's, <laughs> it, it can't. Okay. <laughs> That's a stretch, but okay, sure, sure, it's a, sure, sure, sure. It's a fe- it's a feature, not a bug. Look, I celebrate um, gravy in all its forms. I celebrate it in in brown forms only. <gasps> How dare? How the weird white How gray? How dare you be racist against white gravy? You really mean <laughs> gray, possibly the color of a zombie's flesh. No. Gray, white no. gravy. No. <laughs> nope. Mm. How can you eat a chicken fried steak without cream gravy? I don't. On top? Well, you're missing out. That's all I can say. I'm missing out on all things made of, of meats. How can you eat chicken fried tofu without slathered in cream gravy on top? Chicken mm. fried? Chicken fried tofu. But like chicken fried or just fried because there's no chicken involved. There's or... no chicken involved in the chicken fried steak either. You fry the steak like you would a chicken. That's why it's chicken fried steak. It's the style of frying, not the actual meat inside. Meaning there was breading and then it was fried? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I don't bread my tofu though. That's weird. Well, again, you're missing out. <laughs> I just <laughs> roll it in, you know, cornstarch and then it gets the crispy. Anyhow uh lizards close to annulling our friendship again but we're moving on we're moving today on. uh as promised i have a tale for for you <gasps> about a ghost ship yeah um, ghost ship in order to continue our series on we don't fucks with the ocean much like we don't fucks with the ocean that nope. time that someone died trying to get out to two dead seals nope um <laughs> nope that time that lady was in the water and the soapification. Oh, so, yep, no soapification. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. We don't fucks with water, bodies of water. We fucks with water. We bathe. 
We don't fucks with I bodies of water. And I bathe. I yeah, no large yeah. bodies of water. No, 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 no. Exactly. Nothing where something could come from the depths, let's say. If there's something so, living, if there yes, if there's a large or even a small creatures living in the water. It's not mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's for you, and that's great. You know, have at it. Do you do you? But it's it's not for and me. It's not for not for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um one of the camps, so I was not a big sleepaway camp kind of gal. I was a day camp kind of gal, but I did do 4-H camp in order to get Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland. Still do, I believe. They had a uh, community service hours requirement mm-hmm. uh, for graduation. And um, being a counselor at 4-H camp counted. So I could knock all my hours in one summer. That's nice. So I went one year as a camper. Two years as a camper, I think. Yeah, and then one year as a counselor uh, with with Steph um, of mentioning my friend Steph fame. The lake at Camp Tawasintha, I'll tell you, was entirely green. And people would just go, like, there was, like, let's go swimming in the lake. And I was like, let's not. That thing is, like, entirely, f- like, flora. No. And probably and probably fauna hiding in the flora. Oh. Like, as you're, as you're canoeing, you're basically just, like, sticking your oar into a whole bunch of, like, algae and shit. <sighs> Never. No, Although, I, there is proof of me as a baby swimming in a lake. Not, like, well, a baby. You didn't have a choice. Like, right. Um, I found Lake Greenbrier, I want to say. Um, and my mom grew up on a lake, Lake Pocatapog, um, which is fun to say. Which it is, is why super fun that. to say. Kind of like Lake Winnipesaukee. Fun to say. Ooh, where's that? Uh, I think it's in New Hampshire. It was the lake from What About Bob? And they, the movie, the classic movie, the 90s early 90s what about but it's really really great movie um anyways they they have a vacation house in lake winnipesaukee so they say it like uh, 20 times. million times in the movie it is so great my mom has a sign uh like a like it's like a weathered quote unquote sign you know a very live left love style mm-hmm. sign that says like poke a pog in her home and when she brought it into her home i said kill it with fire because uh, it is in Times New Roman. Oh, okay, okay. I want to say it was 1992. I want to okay. say Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus. I know Bill Murray's in it. I want to say Richard Dreyfus was like the straight man to his wacky. What about mm-hmm. Bobness? So was he Bob? Bill Murray was Bob. Okay. Haven't seen it in a decade. It's probably super problematic now. I don't know. <laughs> So this is this is not a friendship annulling no oversight in my youth. No, okay. no, 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 no. I think you were you were probably too young when it came out, but it is very good. So, uh, this takes place uh, in Australia, Ooh. and the, the the ship is called the Kaz Two. Um, so apparently there's like, a like number a, a two. Cat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Roman numeral two. Um. They, it's also referred to as the ghost yacht. Um, it's, it's not like a yacht. Boat, fancy shipwreck for fancies. I get it. It's not a yacht like uh, fucking Jenny from the block, Ben Affleck kissing her butt size. We're talking like like a nine. It's a nine meter, nine point eight meter catamaran. 
is so, what we're talking so about. So about 30, 30 foot, I guess. Yeah. So not not like a yacht. Is there a certain footage you have to have for a yacht? I don't know. Am I a boat person? Absolutely not. Because no. again, we don't fox with bodies right. of water, particularly the ocean. The ocean. Which science still doesn't know mm-hmm. what's all going down there. I just there. saw a picture of some new horrific looking, so ugly it's cute thing that they found that lives like at the very, you know, depths of the ocean. And it was just like, oh my God, this looks like something that my child would have drawn when they were like, four and can barely control the crayon and yeah this is a real living thing it was so terrifying did it it have like like ridiculous overlapping teeth it had that and then like these two crazy like bug google eyes that were like all wonker jawed and it was basically so white it was kind of like fluorescent and see-through but had a big old head and a little skinny body because it's never experienced light right from the being from the depths Yes. Lizards, I need to explain to you that we both did a lot of gestures with our hands right there. <laughs> and it was very funny. But you knew. You guys we can should, just imagine this nasty looking thing. We should pivot to video one of these days. Uh, but today's not that day for it's sure. I am better. still fully pajamaed. Um, oh, all right. Gorgeous. So it, it was a 9.8 meter catamaran. It was found drifting 88 nautical miles off the northeastern coast of Australia on April 20th. 2007 oh this is a recent ghost yacht. very recent which i thought is really interesting because it's so hard to be lost now yeah you know with all yeah. of the technology the, the you know the jippus. yep the jippus so and i also because i was like nautical mile um i wanted to know if it was just a mile in water yeah. or if there was a difference it is longer than a real mile why like a land mile why it's it's based off of a minute of it's one minute of latitude. So okay, fine. That makes sense. It's not just like willy nilly, like feet to meters. Yeah. There's an actual thought behind it. Okay, fine. Right. They could have given it another name other than nautical mile. Like it could have, so it wasn't biting off land mile shit. But uh, what would it, you it's... call that? Sea distance. I don't know, man. Sea I'm distance. Sorry. Sea distance. It was how many sea distances from the shore? How many was that? I would call it a babu frick. Because okay. how many babu uh, fricks was it away from the shore? It was eighty-eight babu fricks, uh, okay. and a babu frick is one point one five land miles. Okay, so it's close. Okay, this. Ghost yacht was found drifting 88 nautical miles um, off the northeastern coast of Australia. The crew was never found. It has been compared a lot to the Mary Celeste. I don't know if you remember the the tale of the Mary Celeste. Brief Mary Celeste aside. I don't, other than the fact that the crew disappears, there is really no similarities between these two cases. Well, they find the ship just like floating, right? There's a, it was the crew. Basically. And like, and and the ship is fine. I think that's why and people are drawing this cemetery. Okay. Yeah. So the Mary Celeste was an American brigantine, so a large cargo vessel uh, found in 1872 mm-hmm. by a Canadian brigantine. Old and timey. They described it as disheveled but seaworthy, and it had a lifeboat missing. <laughs> my the name of my autobiography, disheveled. She's but disheveled seaworthy. but seaworthy. But seaworthy. 
she still had provisions. Her cargo was intact. Her cargo was a bunch of denatured alcohol. Um, and there was a ton of theories like mutiny by the crew, piracy by the Canadian crew. Excuse me. Canadian Canadians pirates? Would, no. Ne- they'd be like, excuse me, can we have your cargo? And the Americans uh, so would be sorry. like, no. So sorry. Uh, would you mind if we took your cargo and your crew? Uh, some effect by the fumes from the alcohol yeah. affecting the crew in some way. A sea quake. A giant squid attack. Oh, God, attack. a sea quake. There's something else to be afraid of. Jeez. Uh-huh. Sea quake. No, thank you. That Another thought was that the crew got on the one of the lifeboats because of a temporary danger, and then, oops, the rope snaps, and now we're stranded in a little lifeboat with nothing. Mm-hmm. That was the Mary Celeste. So back to Kaz 2. Kaz 2, very different. Three-man crew. Oh. It, that's what we're talking. We're talking very tiny ship. Uh, all from Perth. They were uh, Derek Batten, who was 56 and was the skipper. Skipper. Peter Tunstead, who was 69. Nice. And James Tunstead, who was 63. I'm so sorry. So three, I mean, older and experienced people. Okay, maybe not experienced in life. Maybe not experienced in seaworthy matters. Correct. Okay. Um, they were all inexperienced sailors, oh, but no. why? The, why were Derek, they up there then? But Derek had taken a sailing course and had had sailed the Kaz two twice before, so they thought, "Hey, I'm prepared." So you're never prepared they, for the ocean. Never. You're never prepared for the ocean. So they depart Airly Beach um, on April fifteenth, headed for Townsville in Queensland. The city of Townsville is under attack. Uh, Their intended journey was to go around Northern Australia to Western Australia. On April 18th, a helicopter spots the Kaz-2 adrift near the Great Barrier Reef and says it's potentially in distress based off of the fact that it's drifting. They can't see anyone on board. April 20th, uh, they finally, a boat finally catches up with the yacht took five days for them to catch up with the yacht or sorry or did they set sail on the 15th they set sail on the 15th uh it was spotted on the 18th okay okay so not a lot of okay not a lot of time and interesting because we actually have those all those dates so that's okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. they catch up and the crew is missing and they say the circumstances are strange the quote is what they found was a bit strange in that everything was normal. There was just no sign of the crew. The boat was in fine condition. It was laid out as, as if the crew were still on board, like food and flatware were on the table. Oh, a laptop weird. a laptop was on. The engine was running. Ooh. All their like emergency that. systems, uh, including the radio and GPS, were functional. Um, all the life jackets were there and stowed. They weren't, like, strewn about. Um, they had like a small, I assume, a dinghy um, hoisted on the stern of the boat. It was still there. Their anchor was up. Mm. The, the weird things were, one, no crew. Two, one of the sails was shredded. And three, there was no life raft on board, but they it's unclear whether they ever had one to begin with. When you say shredded... I'm imagining yeah. a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where they, like, take the knife and just slide down the mast <laughs> with it. Hmm. When I hear shredded, I I think of it more of, like, claws. So more of, like, a rougher cut than a knife. 
Yeah. Or so like, I'm wondering, is it? Hmm. And you would think that would be a big deal, but they had they also had an engine. So. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So it was went under forensic examination the next day on the 21st in Townsville by two sergeants, Bardell and Malloy of the Queensland Police. They say there was no evidence of foul play or a third party. The cabin was neat and tidy. Oh, the did they that... dose that shit for fingerprints? Un- unclear, probably not, as it's not mentioned. Um, the, the cabin was neat and tidy. Um, there were a few things on the floor, magazines, a bit of newspaper, and a wine cask. But I mean, that's what it's like when I drink, too. They're like, <laughs> pick up your newspaper and your wine cask. But when they compared it to photos taken when they found the ship, mm-hmm. that was the fault of the people who towed the ship in, not when they found the ship, those were uh, on the ground. Okay. So. Okay. They did find some fishing knives, but they had not been used. The report also weirdly says that, like, there were some butter knives in the sink. And I'm like, that's not a knife. That's a knife. That's basically making me they're saying, like, anything, but listing anything that could have been used as a weapon. And they're like, there's some butter knives, but they're fine. They're in the sink. Um, <laughs> under Batten's bed was a sealed container that had a gun in it and ammo but none of the ammo was missing although they did find one bullet on its own in a drawer okay but the gun itself was sealed in like a yeah i mean sounds responsible (laughs) i don't know why you would need any sort of gun at sea unless you're gonna do like some real fucking shitty fishing (laughs) if you gotta shoot a shark you gotta shoot a shark i don't know no you should really never shoot a shark but like if a shark is like coming up on you to attack you and your gun is sealed yeah the shark has already but the shark has already won at that point by the time (laughs) the 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 shark is already won like oh no a shark i should go get my oh i'm i'm eating my arm you know what i mean uh, uh my shooting hands are there are, is there known peritic activity in that area not that is noted in any of my sources interesting interesting what about no no no. i got questions i got oh, questions okay okay did okay, it okay. mention like their wallets and ids and no. stuff huh okay so they were reco- they had recovered some video recordings oh shit. um taken by the crew. I, okay. Calling them a crew sounds hilarious to me because it was like three It's like they're them. buddies, right? It's just like, hey, right. bros, yeah. let's go yeah. sailing. So one of the last videos, I assume there's not a ton because these are not like me going like, I'm documenting everything. Um, these are old men. <laughs> um, so to going like, look at us fishing. Um, so. <laughs> what uh, were they like? Look at us fishing. Oh, okay. But with an Australian an exact- accent? I'm not going to try. So <laughs> the, la- the the last video was filmed by James Tunstead at 10 a.m. It shows Derek Batten at the helm. He is the skipper. He's the one that took a class. So, okay. okay. Uh, Peter, uh, James's brother, is fishing at the aft of the boat. A long white rope is trailing behind the boat for some reason. Uh, the engine is off. Fenders are hanging from the safety rails on both sides of the boat. Fenders are basically little bumpers that you Uh hang from the side of the boat so that, like, if you're, like, docking or whatever, you don't, like, hit your boat on Mm -hmm. the dock or if you're coming up behind uh, along another ship. Um, 
some ships have them and there's tires you know these look so um they're usually rubber some older ships it's a lot of rope um this the sea looks a little bit choppy but no one is wearing a life jacket oh and james's shirt and glasses are not in the in the video are not Mm -hmm. in the same place they were when the ship was found so search and rescue efforts began on the 18th which was before they even found the ship that's when the helicopter reported in uh they talked to a survival time expert which i didn't know that was something you could wow okay an expert Mm -hmm. in and he said if they went overboard on the 15th and we're talking the 18th it's unlikely they're still alive but they were still searching Mm -hmm. and uh they called the search off on the 21st having found absolutely nothing so and then another coastline search was launched on the 23rd in hopes that maybe they made it to the shore in some way um but it was fruitless so those are all the deets okay over a year later august 2008 is when hearings begin like the inquest into so what's going on Mm -hmm. lots of people testify including uh derek batten's wife jennifer testifies that he had sailed the boat twice before and had no issues the original plan was for the voyage to be him and her oh but he decided a two-person crew wouldn't be safe but a three-person crew of no lady brains i don't know i no, don't know no weak arms no weak arms all strong arms <laughs> no. and backs right over here had she taken out a large life insurance <laughs> um un- unknown um mm-hmm. so the men had planned the trip for several months and um two of them were retired so it was also just going to be sort of a leisurely voyage Graham Douglas, who was the previous owner of the Kaz 2 and who had sold it to Derek, uh, testified that the boat was in good condition, that he had helped the men plan their route, and that he was surprised that they had deviated from the planned route. Um, I guess that's based on, like, the GPS data mm-hmm. that the police found. Um, here's the one part where I was all like, you are not serious, you piece of shit. So there is a guy named Gavin Howland, uh, who was the skipper of a commercial fishing boat called the Jillian on the 16th. So they left Airly Beach on the 15th. 15th. Okay. Next day. On the 16th, hmm. he and his crew spotted a white yacht with a torn sail drifting between sideways, like just drifting around between reef passages. Um, he came within 50 meters of the ship and couldn't see anyone on board. He thought it was odd that there was a sailboat in the area known in an area known for shallow water and rocks, but he did not try to contact the boat, nor did he try to contact authorities. It did not occur to him that the crew might be in distress. The quote, it did seem a bit strange to me, but I just have this rule that no one goes near another vessel. Because, you know. They could be selling drugs and stuff like he is. I don't know. I mean, so what What day was that video taken? The last video that they had? The 15th. That was also on the 15th. Ooh. The 15th at 10 a.m. Ooh. So really, if Gavin had done anything, it might not have mattered at that point if they were all overboard, because that would have been like a full day later. But the fact that he did absolutely nothing, I'm just sort of like, 
So I thought it was weird, but bye. Like, okay, yeah, but that also means that whatever happened to them happened super fast. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, less than a day, and their their mast is or their sail, not their mast, I guess, is all torn up and they're gone. Yeah. Hmm. So. The conclusion of the state coroner after this whole inquest, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to read it because it is a chunk. So he it he admitted that his report cannot be so definitive about the circumstances under which the deaths occurred, and he does conclude that they are dead. Um, but based off of the eyewitness testimonies, the video found on board, and the state of the yacht, this is what he says okay. happens. On April 15th at 10.05 a.m., which is when the last video was. Mm-hmm. The CAS-2 was sailing in the vicinity of George Point. Up to that moment, everything was going as planned, but in the following hour, their situation changed dramatically. The men hauled in the white rope that was trailing behind the boat and bundled it up on the foredeck, possibly to dry, next to the locker it was normally kept in. For unknown reasons, James Tunstead then took off his t-shirt and glasses and placed them on the back seat. The report says that since the men's fishing lure was found entangled in the port, the ship's port side rudder, the explanation would be that one of them tried to free the lure that was tangled and fell overboard while doing so. Standing on the boat's sugar scoop platform, which is a platform at the back of the ship close to the waterline, you know, the okay. kind of like, that looks yeah. like the little, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I did Everyone this knows exactly what you're talking about when you, but when you put your hands like that, it's super, super clear. Just painting a word picture yeah, here. Yeah. Sorry, guys. To explain what I did, imagine <laughs> the, li- <laughs> imagine the little chick emoji. Mm-hmm. She just did it and again. Doing everybody, the, she's doing uh, the little chick with the doing the little wings that are outside the little egg. <laughs> chick emoji. Anyway, sorry. Standing on the boat's sugar scoop platform while the boat is moving is perilous and falling in the water is easy, but getting back aboard is impossible. If the reporter is saying James falls into the water, Peter came try, tried to come to the rescue of his brother, so probably tried to go get him, um, while Batten, still on board, started the motor and realized he had to drop the sails before he went back to his friends. As he left the helm to drop the sails, the deviation of the ship's course or wind could have easily caused a jibe, which the swinging the boom across the deck. So what you always think of with like boat accidents where like part of like a fucking mast comes out of nowhere Mm -hmm, and hits mm -hmm. you and knocks you overboard. This could have happened before Batten was able to untie and throw out a life ring to his friends. A blue coffee mug was found near the life ring, which may support this. Since the boat was traveling before wind and at a speed of 15 knots, which is 28 kilometers per hour, it would have been out of reach of the men within seconds. Oh. And by th- and by then, the end would be swift. None of them were good swimmers. Oh, no. Chop- what are you doing on a boat? What are you doing on a boat with no life jackets? The seas were choppy. They would have quickly become exhausted and drowned. No, 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 no. The report rules out foul play or some sort of staged disappearance. So that hmm. is the conclusion of the report. However, however, the families and others tried to sort of discount that because if the seas were so choppy, how was everything on the boat so neat? 
so that kind of discounts the rough weather idea. Their fishing lines and their laundry were out. You know, if the seas were choppy, they're saying that they probably would have put their life jackets on. Who knows? I mean, sometimes people are just like, I feel dorky in this life jacket, so I'm not going to put it on. I'm just thinking back to like yeah. going going tubing in the summer, uh-huh. and like they give they give you a life jacket, but like you look on that river and almost no one wears them. They're sure, just, sure, sure. Just, yeah, so not that. That is the same as being in the ocean around Australia. No, 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 no. But, okay. So, they discount that. So, they're sort of like, well, what else could have happened? Um, some people mentioned that the fenders were out, the little bumpers, leading to speculation that maybe they docked with another ship. Um, oh. Because fenders are also put out during that time, so you don't bump up directly against another ship. Mm-hmm. And that they could have been willingly or unwillingly transferred so thinking about the piracy that you brought Mm -hmm. up or other sort of you know ill-intentioned kidnapping transfer Uh whatever Uh Uh some people suggest a freak wave since all three of them were gone um you know because the i mean the coroner's report is very like well Someone must have fallen. Someone must have jumped in after him. And then someone must have been knocked. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a lot of dominoes that really have to fall mm-hmm. for all three of them to have gone over versus, like, okay, if there's a freak wave, then, like, all three of them get washed over. And then and then the boat, because the engine is on, is just so far by the time. Yeah, but if, if there's a freak wave, wouldn't there be, like, evidence of the freak wave in the boat? I mean, yeah, the stuff that was on at least on the deck probably would have been like his glasses like you know or the coffee mug or whatever so there is a website called the paranormal guide which also lodges two additional suggestions one is that it was a giant squid attack oh yeah i hadn't thought about that but yeah sure okay saying Mm -hmm. that maybe the squid tore the sail squid's hungry it's like snack 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 can't stop at one (laughs) The quote was, giant squid have obviously attacked small vessels before thinking they're, they're whales. Obviously. 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 Another one, which I could not find, I googled this date, and I could not find corroboration of this, but that it was a UFO or USO, oh. unidentified sea object. No. No. Because multiple, there were, apparently are multiple eyewitness accounts of a gray saucer-shaped object hovering over a highway near Airlie Beach where they departed mm-hmm. on April 14th. So there was something in the area. I like that theory a lot better than somebody fell in, somebody tried to get him and also fell in, and then somebody got knocked out by the mass. Yeah, I like that one. Mm-hmm. 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 Aliens. Yep. And, could be. Uh, so that's the end. That's the, that's the story. Um, they never found any evidence in like mm. bodies, anything to ha- like form a solid conclusion. The coroner's conclusion is pretty much accepted by the state, although everyone does not necessarily agree with it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's the story. And, and it's one of those things where like, you never know how you're going to, behave in a crisis right like as as we talked about in our let's not meet um episode i'm a freeze and do nothing person (laughs) when something like scares me or is uh, like i'm uh, and i'm just like maybe if i don't move the t-rex won't see me um (laughs) 
I mean, this, if nothing else, is just a brand new reason not to go in the ocean. It's true. So, because, like, I do stand-up paddle boarding, but that's on, like, lakes where I can see the bottom. <laughs> and I'm not going in the lake. I don't really stand up when I paddle board. I usually sit the whole time, so I don't accidentally fall. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, so you never know. So, like, you'd like to think that, like, if one of them fell, it wouldn't just be Benny Hill music. And then someone else jumps in and then the next person jump. You know, you'd think it'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, let's throw him this. Let's do this. But, you know, if you have two, they're all inexperienced. It might just be like, oh, God, let's get him. And then it's like, oh, no, now the boat's out of range. So I don't think it's completely out of. I don't think it's like a, well, we need to close this case, so here's an explanation. And they all fell in one after another. I don't think it's necessarily out of the range of belief um, that that happened. But UFOs. UFOs. U.S. U.S.O. And yet another reason not to go into the ocean. I hadn't even thought of a U.S.O. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much of the ocean is unidentified and unmapped. And, you know, we have the, the weird creature you were talking about. <laughs> so. Just no thanks. Just no. No thanks. No thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I lizards, I, I just watched Rise of Skywalker for the first time yesterday. And there is the little droid, and I forget his name, but the little droid they find, who's like, hello! And then Ray goes to, to touch him, and he goes, no, thank you! <laughs> and I was like, it's me! <laughs> hello! No, thank you! No, thank, thank you! you. <laughs> Such a, I love, I really love that movie. I thought it was great. I liked it a lot. Um, Kristen and I were talking about this, and it was just basically like, I have no issue with any of the new trilogy. I like the characters, whatever. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. so, like, because, you know, there's lots of fucking neckbeards that are like, yeah. I hate Ray because she's a woman. Or like, the black stormtrooper, they can't be black. Um, all sorts of stuff. And I've never, you know, been on that board of, like, trying to gatekeep or say, like, this is ruining my childhood or whatever. I, I've enjoyed them all. However, and I love Ryan Johnson, who directed Last Jedi. Um he has created he created one of my favorite movies of all time, Knives Out. Oh, so good. And he's an amazing writer. La la la. All that's to say, if you're gonna have a trilogy, maybe have the same person write the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm on board. You know, that. I I think maybe the draw for some people to come and direct something like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars might be, hey, you get to, like, put your mark on this big series in this universe, da-da-da-da-da. But there's got to – I feel like there's got to be at least an outline. Because I do Mm -hmm. know, based off of interviews, they basically let Ryan Johnson do whatever he wanted. So he was like, okay, well, this is where I think the story should go. And then J.J. Abrams was like, nah, (laughs) we're going to go back to what I originally wanted. Uh. And it's just like, well, maybe have an outline so that, like, okay, Ryan Johnson, you can do whatever you want within, but you have to hit these beats. Mm -hmm. So it isn't like Ray's parents were nobody because they wanted to be nobody and actually they were Palpatines. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm with you. So it's just, you you know, maybe maybe plan it just a little more. Smidge, smidge of But uh, Babu Frick is adorable, and yes. when he pops up 
in Carrie Russell's little spaceship. And he's like, hey, hey! I was like, <laughs> I clapped, I cheered, I scared my cat. So me coming to the end, I mean, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so it doesn't make any sense why I hadn't seen it yet. Um, literally, I think it was just, I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't a choice or anything. It happens. It happens. It happens. Um, things be like that sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I've, you know, got to see uh, the redemption of Ben Solo, who is, you know, the worst forever because he killed yes. Han Solo, my very favorite character. But yeah, I mean, I liked that whole shebang. And it's a good movie. Oscar, I- Oscar Isaac is oscar isaac yeah. and was very funny in it especially at the end when he was all like to carrie russell and she was like no <laughs> and he was like okay <laughs> this is funny so that was that was my my viewing this weekend i also watched uh shang chi which was fine oh yeah we watched that I, too it was great i enjoyed it yeah yeah aquafina was awesome i mean she okay look she here's the thing as a friend in that movie, I thought she oh. was she was like incredibly she was an incredibly good friend to keep rolling with all the punches that she did and she was never just like and I'm she out. Had a, deuces I'm out. She had a great name. Yeah, and she Katie and she was a ride or die and yeah. yeah. No, I thought she was good for being I a, just don't I just don't like Aquafina. That's fine. You don't have to like Aquafina. I thought she was good for like female side character net. Oh yeah. Like she they didn't make her like smooth brained and weak armed, right? Like she was she was she had her own. She shoots point. that arrow. She was good. She could shoot them arrows. She was literally funny. I was just like, have anyone else play that character? Oh. Oh. Well I, f- I find her responses to people asking her about her black scent to be not great. I will give you that. I will that's that's that. where I'm at. Um, all right, but I hear you also watched a movie. Oh, I did. I so uh, super husband got his booster yesterday and wasn't feeling great, so he went to bed early-ish. So I was like, "Hey, this is my chance to stay up and watch Hereditary." It was not as scary as I thought that it would be. Like, as in, like I wasn't like, "Oh no!" Like now the lights are out and I'm worried this thing is going to come and get me. Um, Mm -hmm. There were some parts of it that were super disturbing. So I had to read several articles about it after I was done because I was like, Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. did I just see? And apparently the director wanted you to feel confused, which job done. Um, I mean, that he he did that with Midsommar as well because that was very much like right after I watched it, immediately was Googling um, with Neil and Aaron, and we were, and there was already like a gajillion articles mm-hmm. going like, "Here's, let's explain the end of Midsummer and everything like that." Right, because so. you're supposed to, you're not supposed to have the omniscient view. You're supposed to be like you are in the story, and you are, so you're confused about what's happening too, just like the characters mm-hmm. are, and you're supposed to be suspicious of people because you don't know who's doing what. Job done. Um, <laughs> I mean, very disturbing for a lot of a lot of um, different reasons, and it was I. One of the articles really summed it up well, where it was like, it's disturbing enough, you don't want to watch it a second time, but you kind of do just to go back to get all the little things that tie in that you didn't get until the end. 
And I'll also mm-hmm. say Ann Dowd is in it, and like she's a real one. So like whenever I see Ann Dowd, I'm like, oh, it's going to get real. <laughs> but also, you know, kind of like what we were talking about with Home Alone. Um, like there's always those moments when you're watching a movie where you're like, if someone had just been reasonable at this one point, like, okay, number one, first shot of the movie, that entire family should have been in therapy already. Already, okay? <laughs> that would have solved a lot of problems. Number two, and this is not spoiling anything, if your child has a serious allergy, you always carry an EpiPen. And not just you, but anyone who's in the pro- who is like in charge of watching your child has the EpiPen. And or then knows where one is. Yeah, 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 and like you also know like where the closest hospital, like you just know these things, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is they just keep asking this girl like is that thing you're eating does it have nuts in it like because we don't have the EpiPen they say that like five times I'm like so get the EpiPen get the EpiPen right mm-hmm. and then and then number three it's like something's wrong you call nine one one I don't I don't care I'd rather waste nine one one's time and have them be mm-hmm. like ma'am you <laughs> this is a Wendy's <laughs> this is a Wendy's we don't do exorcisms. Okay. Yeah. Then have them be like, "Oh no!" Two hours later, maybe we should have called the police. Like, just just call them. Just call them. Just call them. Just call them. Right. Just call them. Um, lizards. We were talking about this uh, right before we started recording. Um, so apologies to MM who gets to hear it again. Uh, but you know that kind of thing. Like, there are so many logic issues with a lot of really good movies, mm-hmm. and like, I think the best movies. Um, either address it and you don't even have to lampshade it like some people are just like there's no service for some reason right and then they constantly constantly check for bars and things like that or whatever um but there's a blooper for red notice uh where um the rock is like you had a cell phone this whole time because no they don't have cell phones they were they were in a russian jail at one point and so have nothing and the adventure starts from there so they have they have nothing right so Ryan Reynolds, like, ad-libs, like, my cell phone was in there. And The Rock goes, you had a cell phone this whole time? And Ryan Reynolds goes, "This I know, it creates an, a huge logic issue for the film. Um, but, like, yeah, there's a lot of th- times where you're just, like, like, any time they do a, I have something to tell you. Or you've got to see this. Oh, And she's yeah. like, just fucking say it right now. Oh, you yeah. have the person on the line. Like, don't oh, wait. There's also the whole, like, my... This I feel like this comes up in a couple of different movies where it's like, I shouldn't bother my significant other with this issue because of whatever else it is they're dealing with right now. It's like, no, no, that seems like something they should absolutely know about. And like, it's not a bother. They're your significant other. Like, you know, if they're your partner, you should at least be like, so I think I'm possessed. <laughs> I I lost time the other day and then there was a dead thing and I think it was me. No bother, right. but maybe keep an eye out to make sure. Same like when one time anytime anyone hides a zombie bite, are you fucking right. kidding it's me? It's like that. The um I know we just buried your super problematic mother who's basically leading her own cult. I know you're going through some shit, but like maybe I should tell her that somebody came by and desecrated her grave and stole her body. Maybe I should tell her these things. Maybe. 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 It's like you're dealing with a lot right now, so you just, I want you to put this on the back burner. 
But just keep this in mind. Yeah. Also, when your children are going through some, some like, super traumatic things. Okay. And, and like I said before, you should have already been in therapy. They're not in therapy. Put them in therapy now. And whatever you do, maybe don't keep sending them to school. Maybe. Because I don't maybe. think that they're actually learning anything at that no, point. No, they are definitely going to just act out or mm. not retain anything. And you can always right. just, they'll, they'll take another year. Just have them not have right. that year. Right? It's fine. Also, you can get possessed at school just like you can get possessed at home. So, like, maybe just keep that shit at home. It's like if you think your kids have COVID, you don't send them to school, right? Yeah. Like, just keep them home. Let them have COVID out. You don't need to infect everybody else. What are you doing? What are you doing? Lizards, if that's going to be your takeaway from this episode, one, don't fucks with the ocean. Don't do it. Two, don't go on a long voyage if unless there's someone who's sailed a boat more than two times. Three, possession can happen anywhere. Keep that shit at home. Keep it at home. I don't know if you can catch it, but maybe you can. So also literally never say you've got to see this and then not finish your statement. There were about five different instances of that in the movie as well. Really? No, no, no. You just have to come here and see this. No, I fucking don't. No. I will still come there and see it. I will still come there and see it. Just but like tell me about it now so I have the information. Right. Let's do that. You know. Right? Right? Well. Well. Lots lots of the more you know, lots of learning <laughs> um, this episode. Lizards, what do you think happened to that crew? Are you team USO? Are you team squid? Are you team freak wave? USO. Um, USO. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week uh, for a tale from MM. And uh, thanks so much for sticking with us. We are, we're, we've now passed our birthday. Um, our podcast birthday yeah. was two episodes ago, Aww. and we're really excited to, to keep on this little this little hobby of ours. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll talk. We'll pop a bottle with us. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.